0: and quick dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your burrow purchase at burrow.com/acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at
1: burrow.com/acast. I work as a park ranger in a state-run park in Appalachia. It's a little over 5,000 acres with a large lake on the property, which draws in many boaters and fishermen. There are many hiking or walking or horseback trails along with several campground areas, both primitive and not too old cemeteries and a dilapidated church that held its last service in 1943. My colleagues and I are a small team of five along with our head warden. I am one of the full-time rangers. So I'm here all the time, and can confidently say I know the trails and sections like the back of my hand. I've been doing this for just over seven years, which doesn't seem too long, but for the size of the park. I'm confident in my ability to do my job. However, things get strange, horrifying, and tragic quite often around here. Around when I first started my career with the park, I had my first encounter with something strange. We don't have gates to keep people out, nor do we charge admission, so we stay open pretty late. Usually till 10 p.m. since there are often people camping anyways. We just try to keep the average park, goers away after late. If the weather is nice, I will usually take my horse to patrol instead of my PV. Personal vehicle, I can sneak up on people better that way. You'd be surprised how many people get freaked out over someone walking up to them on horseback after dark. Always gives me a chuckle when it's some tough kid trying to impress a girl. He turns and sees a huge dark figure and yells, Oh, shit! Or something of the sort. Nearly soils his pants, that kind of thing. Anyway, this particular night was amazing, so I saddled up on Brave, my noble steed, and did my rounds, The problem areas with after-hours trespassers are usually the cemeteries and the old church, which is on the grounds of the larger cemetery. The other cemetery is a bit smaller and much older and sits way out in the forest. People gravitate to the one with the church because, while it's close to the road, it's large enough to hide in if you hear a PV. Coming plus, it's real hilly and surrounded by thick woods. The cemetery is just a short ways from our station, so the ride was only a few minutes. I came up over a hill in the road and saw a car, plastered with band stickers, parked in the small lot in front of the church. I knew then that there was probably a group of teens in the cemetery trying to scare the crap out of each other. Leaving Brave hitched on the fence by the car, I scanned the cemetery and didn't readily see anyone. However. It's pitch black and there are no lights there, no electricity running anywhere near the place. I radioed to my boss at the station that I had people in the church cemetery and would let him know when they were on their way, he confirmed. I silently made my way through the tombstones, hoping to spot the group before I actually had to start yelling out over the graves in my best authoritative voice. Plus, part of me is a bit of a bully, and I love to scare the shit out of people in the middle of the night by sneaking up and confronting them when they least expect it. It didn't take me long before I spotted some faint lights over by the edge of the cemetery near the unknown Civil War soldiers' graves. It was a group of five girls. I started walking toward them, and they must have heard me because they all turned in my direction and two screamed. I suppressed a laugh. I turned on my flashlight and lit them all up. All right, girls, fun's over. You know you can't be in here this late. They seemed relieved to find I was just a person. When I finally reached them, I noticed that they were all silent. It felt creepy and awkward, but then again we were all standing in a dark cemetery. Let's move. Come on, I pressed. They slowly started walking toward the parking lot ahead of me. As we walked, I realized that something seemed off. The night was calm and slightly cool with no wind. It finally dawned on me that there was no sound whatsoever. No late-night owls, no crickets, frogs, or other fauna. Nothing, which is crazy around here. The frogs will normally drive you mad with their calls at night. I think we all jumped when there was a loud pop sound from the forest to the left of us. The girls froze and huddled around me. It is at this time that I will mention I am also a lady, and at the time of this story was not many years older than these girls, so I felt like an awkward mother hen amidst them. Another pop. It sounded to me like large limbs were being snapped off trees like twigs. I shined my light over by the tree line, and one of the girls hissed out, Stop! I instinctively dropped the beam toward my feet. "'What?' I asked. "'One of them shoved a point and shoot camera into my hand with an image on the little screen. "'I was confused as I tried to process what I was seeing. "'They had taken a shot of the forest with the flash on. "'The whole image was still nearly black, but I could see the trunks up into the canopies. "'Then a shiver involuntarily shook through me. "'There were at least a dozen large sets of big red glowing eyes reflecting from the flash.' I'm talking basketball-sized eyes. All roughly the same height in the trees. I tried to process this in my head, but another louder wooden pop shattered the air and the six of us were bolting for the parking lot. Brave was visibly freaking out. Ripping and pulling at the reins I tied to the fence. The girls jumped in their car. I could still hear the loud popping noise getting closer. It was definitely wood like the sound a tree makes when it falls, creating a loud splintering crack. I tried to think of what it could be. I looked down at the camera I had in my hands. The photo was still on the screen. Maybe they were just unusually large owls. Maybe one tree had fallen on another and caused some limbs to snap. At this point in my time at the park, I was still pretty good at convincing myself to remain realistic. I turned back toward the woods, held the camera up, and snapped another picture. The large red orbs were now all down by our end of the forest near the parking lot, still as high up as the canopies and staring our direction. I found it odd how calm I was as I walked over to the car the girls were in. I handed the camera to the driver, who had rolled her window down. I untied Brave and scooted the hell out of there. Brave was all too happy to oblige. I guessed behind me to make sure the girls were leaving. They were on our heels. i had hoped they'd come to the station to file a report with me, but when I noticed them haul ass out the park entrance, I couldn't exactly blame them. When I tried talking to my boss about it, he assured me it was just some dead trees finally succumbing to gravity, and the eyes were most likely owls. It was pretty easy to convince me, since I was already thinking they had been owls, I still make sure I never go back into that cemetery at night. If there are people in there, I have since made it a point to yell out to get their attention and let them come to me. Yes, it's cowardly, but I can't shake the feeling that those glowing eyes would still be there if you flashed a light over the dark forest. Hello? I would like to share my story, too, in case there is someone who has experienced something similar. I am female, 20 years old, and this experience happened some years ago, maybe around 2017. Back then, I had absolutely nothing to do with religion or spirituality. So one summer night, maybe around 3, I was sitting on the balcony of my house in Greece alone, when I suddenly saw a figure, like a man, but white and very bright. Going up the road to my house, I froze and looked at it intensely to understand what exactly I was seeing. I thought he was human, but he was so bright that I could not understand his features. The scariest thing of all was that while he was walking, he suddenly stopped as if he realized that I saw him and turned back to leave, walking just before he turned and I lost sight of him. It disappeared and appeared on the other side of the field, I live in a field, so I have perfectly clear vision of the front side of my house when I sit on my balcony. Under a tree, I stared at it until it completely disappeared after a few seconds. I'm absolutely sure it was not human for two reasons. Firstly, it was so bright that I could not see anything on it except its human shape, and secondly, my dog, who was sleeping under the balcony, would have seen it from the first second it appeared in front of her. Please, if you have a similar experience or an explanation, let me know, because after so many years, I have not been able to explain it. Thank you. Need help identifying. I think it was a werewolf. I'm from Brazil, and I have seen a lot of things in this short 20. One years of my life, but one time I was doing a trail with a friend. We started very late, like 22 p.m., finished a run, 1 a.m. near a residential area with an old church and cow pastures. My friend needed to deliver to a woman he knew some pots and pans that she had borrowed so we could make food and sweets for the Feast of Sao Joao, a Catholic holiday. In the way back home, we needed to walk a long dirt road, which was separated from the pastures by a fence and trees back to back start to end of the road. We carried flashlights, but the night was very brick due to the reed being very wide and open. Midway through the long road, we started to hear some rumbling on the fence side behind the trees. I said that probably was a dog and my friend believed. The sound became little by little closer the further we walked and my friend stated that was a very big dog. We kept walking until the noise was right behind our necks. With that ominous presence, I took a piece of wood that we carried in case we were attacked by dogs and etc. on the trails, and asked my friend to shine the flashlight on the fence, and that was when I see it. A big skinny figure standing up in his two hind legs. His arms were so long they touched the ground like a gorilla leaning back and hiding his true height, looking me in the eyes with his crooked spine. It looked like a terminal anorexic bull with a deformed face without horns, but with neck hair like a fake mane and moonlight gray skin and shine eyes. This one second looked like an eternity. Suddenly the light went out, and when I looked my friend was running and shouting to me do the same. I ran like I never needed to run before. With that thing running beside me in the other side of the trees when we reached the end of the road, When we reached the end of the road, we were graced by the statue of our Lady Fatima, standing still in his shrine, and the thing had vanished in the fields. I asked him if he had seen it, and he said no, and that he ran in fear. For so long I thought it was a werewolf, but it was so different from anything I have ever heard of. And I truly don't know that was but still visits me in my dreams, lurking in the corners of my eyes. This was one of the freakiest experiences of my life. I was driving in the mountains with my friend. We were going back to our hotel, and it was late in the night. Pitch black for the most part, but we thought we would reach soon. We soon figured out that we were lost, and I had a bad feeling about something. My friend spurred me to go on because we were pretty tired and cold, but I stopped the car and got off to figure out where we were. I step out and just walk a bit around and notice that if I had just kept on driving for maybe two seconds longer, like my friend had told me to, we would have fallen to our deaths. The road ended not five meters from where I stood. My dad said he used to go work on a boat fishing for whatever he could catch. And by boat, I mean, A twenty-food boat would take a crew of around eight people off to the middle of nowhere in a lake and drop them off on a very small one-person boat, kind of like a canoe size, and the small boat would be anchored in place. But he would get dropped off around nine at night, and they would pick them up around three in the morning. He said he did this for a month and actually enjoyed the loneliness out there. He would say that it would be pitch black some nights and some nights. The sky was beautifully lit with stars. One night it was pitch dark and kind of foggy. As he was just fishing as usual when he could hear a strange noise behind him, it sounded like something trying to sneak up on him on the water. He turns around and the fog gets thicker and can barely see a hint of light. He tries to see what it is, and he said it looked like a humanoid figure walking on water towards my dad. By this time, he is freaking out. He only has with him some food and water, a fishing rod with extra bait, and a my tool. He said he stared at the humanoid object for the next few minutes as it walked towards him. When he first saw it, it was about 100 yards away. After a few minutes, it was around 35 feet away and he could tell it was a person walking towards him. He is freaking out since he is in the middle of a lake, and there appears to be a person walking on water towards my dad. He reels in the fishing pole and gets ready to use it as a weapon. The humanoid figure has a lamp with him and is holding it to the front while walking towards my dad. As it gets near my dad, it speaks. It says my dad's name. My dad stays frozen, as this figure is around 20 feet away from my dad. My dad asks who the figure is, and the man asks if he wants to go home. My dad then realizes it sounded like his friend, and as the person walks up to my dad, he can clearly see it is one of the persons that works with him. The man tells my father that the big boat broke down, and that they are walking back to shore, and that he can just jump off the boat, They are but two feet deep of water. My dad laughs and jumps off the boat and into the water. Leaves the boat there and decided to head back to the pickup zone. But he said that it was one of the scariest things that has ever happened to him.
0: Planning for your next trip? And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
1: I live in western North Carolina in a very secluded area. We have bears. We have seen coyote, deer, even cougar on a tree camp bobcats what I'm saying is I'm familiar with the animals in the woods around me and I know that what I saw was not an animal. One night about midnight or so our animals were acting very strange. The chickens were awake and squawking. The cats were up on the roof of the buildings or under them and growling. The dogs were whimpering and whining backing into the corners. So my son and I went to check just what was scaring them. He walked the property checking the pens and looking for anything. So we get to the back of the property where we have a utility path cut through to the mountain ridge. This path is about six foot wide and cuts along the top edge of a gully. Well, about 30 foot from where we're standing is something. Darkish figure that is standing on two legs way taller than any man. It turned its head and looked at us in a way that made me feel threatened. The eyes shined blue in the flashlight beam. It looked at us and then turned and walked down into the deep gully. I have no idea what it was but my son and I both saw it and it was not an animal or a man. I'm a park ranger here in the Northern Cascades. I frequently respond to emergencies search and rescue, and also do some law enforcement work myself. This summer I was working on a trail crew about 20 miles from the Husband campground. I dropped back a few hundred yards from the crew to relieve myself, and I noticed a large sickly sweet odor in the air. It kinda smelled like bear feces, but it was different. As I stood there I heard crunching twigs from down the trail. And that's when I saw this large, dark figure walking upright in my direction. I turned and began to hide behind a tree. As I turned back to look, it was maybe only about ten feet away. It was black, a bit shorter than I, with no visible neck that I could see. It stopped at the tree. I was hiding behind, sniffing the air with its nose pointing up. I could not see any visible eyes. I was rooted to the spot in fear and could not physically move a muscle, and then it turned around and walked away casually in the same manner it had arrived. I stood there for a few more minutes to see if it would circle back around, and then ran back to my crew. I refused to tell anybody what I'd seen. I hope nobody has to experience such a thing. I'm very late to this post, but I thought I'd share anyways. I am in the Navy, and at the time of this anecdote, I was part of a security detachment for a freighter off the coast of Iran. It was a few hours into my watch, probably around one on a gun mount, when a small fishing vessel near the horizon starts beaming our ship with a high-powered laser pointer. This is actually a pretty common occurrence in the area but I reported to my superior to make sure they were aware. About two or three minutes later, I looked back over to where the vessel was to check on it and it's gone. It was the middle of the night in the ocean, but my naked eyes should have picked up the boat with relative ease. I put on my night vision goggles and scanned the same area forward of the ship. Nothing, literally nothing. No vessel, no stars, no horizon, just nothing. I felt like I was tired. Perhaps my night watch was getting to my head. I took off the goggles and did some jumping jacks and push-ups for a few minutes and took another look. That's when I saw it, an impending wall of gray. No start, no beginning, just gray. Fog, heavy, thick fog, thicker than any fog I've ever seen. Within moments, every metal surface was coated in mist. I could not see more than 20 or so feet in any direction. It was eerie. The civilians piloting the ship didn't use any horns or anything. We just sailed through the dense cloud. I couldn't even see the water. My only perception of speed was the thick mist moving past me. Luckily, nothing happened. But when you're standing an armed watch on a big freighter near Iran, in waters that have had reports of pirates, and your most important sense is taken away from you, I couldn't help but imagine what could happen as we moved through that dense fog for what seemed like 20 minutes. A friend of mine and I have been experiencing strange things as of late, the past week or so. My first potential encounter with this thing happened seven years ago, but in the past week, my friend and I have experienced some terrifying phenomena climaxing at what he saw earlier today. The story is pretty long, so I'll hurry this up. It starts around seven years ago. I was camping with my family in northern Michigan. The campsite was near a large lake, so we went swimming often. I looked across the lake and saw a large white figure moving on the other side. It was around eight feet tall, had no fur, walked upright, and had no visible facial features. The moment I saw it, it ran into the woods. This was my first encounter. The story picks up around a week ago when my friend was in his house home alone with his dog. It was around 11 p.m. He was in his bedroom when he heard his mother's voice speaking to his recently deceased dog. His other living dog appeared to hear the voice as well. His mother was at work, so it could not have been her, and the dog, to whom the voice was referring, had died around four weeks beforehand. After this comes my second experience. I was reading in my room when my mother's voice called for me to come to the living room. The sound was accompanied by what sounded like someone walking in my living room. The only people home at the time were me and my brothers, who were asleep in their room. So I panicked and locked my door. Nothing happened for the rest of the night. The next day, my mother came into my room asking me what I wanted. I was confused as I did not call her name. After I explained this, she appeared shocked, nearly certain that my voice had come from my bedroom. And finally, earlier today, my friend was walking his dog when he heard a rustling noise in a nearby sewer. Thinking that it was a raccoon, he walked over and looked into the drain. What was staring back up at him was a creature that he described as completely white, bald, thin humanoid, and had no facial features. No eyes, anything. It looked around nine feet tall, but it was hard to tell due to its crouched position. After a few seconds, the creature dashed away into the sewer at an incredibly high speed. My friend then immediately called me and explained the situation, which led us to write this post. We would like to know if we are in any danger from this creature. If so, how to protect ourselves from it, as well as what this creature may be. I grew up on a farm way down south. I'm not going to give any exact locations. It was weird then, and it's probably weird now. And if I tell the entire Internet where it's located, it's likely not going to get better. In the 80s, our community was extremely isolated. It was one small town surrounded closely by a few small family owned farms, including mine. No distinguishing features for miles around other than the forest near town. That forest was thick, it was old, it was big, and most of the locals swore it was haunted. Maybe some of you guys reading this will understand what I mean when I try to emphasize the complete isolation you experience. Growing up in a place like that, it's not quite as bad now, but when I was growing up, you could drive for literally hours without ever seeing another sign of human life. Most of you who are reading this are never going to know how this feels. You're completely, totally isolated. If you scream at the top of your lungs, nobody will hear you. Nobody will come running. Nobody will call the police. You are alone. This is going to be important later. Now, back then, on the rare occasion that I had an evening off where I had no chores to do and no schoolwork, I generally had to make my own fun. When I was young, I stuck to playing on the farm with whatever toys I could find. Due to how isolated our community was, the most advanced piece of equipment we had was a tractor, so no television or anything of that sort. As I grew older, I eventually, perhaps naturally, grew inclined to want to explore the forest a little, but every time I would approach my dad about it, he would sternly put me off the idea. If I'm remembering right, he used to tell me stories about bogeymen who lived in the trees and ate, children who entered the forest at night. They worked on a twelve-year-old, but by the time I was seventeen, I was more curious than anything, and one night, after I was completely sure that my parents were asleep, I snuck out of the house and off the farm and went to the woods. It was pitch black out by that point, of course, so I brought along the only flashlight we had, which was more like a lantern casing with a bulb inside of it, and only gave modest illumination. I walked around for maybe half an hour, trying to find something worth investigating. There were no trails leading into it, nothing of that sort, or so I thought. After around twenty minutes of searching, I came across what looked like a footpath leading into the woods, of course, this surprised me and drew my interest, because as far as I knew, the woods were totally untamed. I'm sure most of you think I'm an idiot by this point, and I agree with you heartily, but I was seventeen. I was a dumb kid in the thought that there were people and things out there who could and would hurt or kill me, given half the chance, just hadn't fully registered with me. I went into the woods The path was fairly long, and as I went, I started noticing this smell. There aren't many scents as vile as rotten flesh, and it's ten times worse when you're as far down south as I was. Where the heat starts to bake it until it's stuck to the ground. Whatever I was smelling, though, it was something like that, but kicked up on adrenaline. If I hadn't been a dumbass at the time, that would have been enough to make me turn back but I was more curious than ever to find out what was making that smell. I kept going. I was totally fixated on the path ahead of me, and it didn't help that the lantern wasn't giving very good light. When I finally reached the end, the smell was so strong I was near ready to puke. The path lead right into a clearing, maybe about as wide and tall across as a medium-sized house, smack dab in the middle of the forest. I don't remember the details very well, because this was years ago, and I got the F out of there pretty fast, but a few details stuck with me. First, there was a slab of stone sitting in the middle of the clearing. It looked like somebody had broken it off of a boulder with a pickaxe or something, and dragged it through the trees to get it there, and it had some kind of dark rubbery coating over it. Second, there was a big pile of dirt in the clearing and a hole next to it. Somebody had been digging and the smell was coming from the hole. Third, further back in the clearing, somebody had built a hut, a really shitty one. It looked like it was barely standing, didn't have any windows. As I got close to it, I realized that the smell was also coming from inside of the hut, even more strongly than from inside of the hole, and the door was hanging open. I stood there for a few seconds, By that point, even I was smart enough to be worried that I'd stumbled onto something I shouldn't have. But I decided to look inside of the hut. The closer I got, the harder it was to tolerate that smell. And when I pushed the door open further, a wave of it rolled out onto me, and the air in there was oven hot. The sun was baking it. Finally, I was able to see what was inside of the hut. Dead livestock, goats, chickens at least one cow. I could see other shapes I didn't recognize or that weren't quite illuminated enough for me to make them out. They were piled up in the hut, thrown in carelessly like so many sacks of potatoes. The light was reflecting off of the goat's eyes, staring back at me. Most of them had huge gashes across the throat, like they'd been bled to death and they were rotting in the heat. This was where the smell was coming from. I don't remember what happened next that well. I do remember that seeing that was finally enough to make my dumb ass realize that it was time to get the F out of that forest. I turned and I ran for it, as fast as my legs could carry me, holding the lantern up high so I didn't trip. I don't know what it was, why I felt that way, but my instincts were screaming bloody murder, and I knew on a gut level that if I fell, I was going to die. It might have just been my imagination, but I swear I heard footsteps following me from the clearing more than one set. I don't remember anything else specific from the time I decided to cut and run to the time I got out of the woods. All I remember is that I was just about having a heart attack of sheer terror and absolutely certain that somebody or something was chasing me. I turned the lantern off as I ran and made straight for town and when I got close enough to be familiar with the terrain, I hid behind a rock and waited. But nobody came. Nobody was following me. I went back home, still scared as shit, and woke my dad to tell him what I had found. I still remember the look on his face when I finished, just as well as I remember what he told me next, taking me by the shoulders, as dead serious as I'd ever seen him. He told me not to tell a single person, not even my closest friend, Not even my mother, what I'd seen in that forest. He made me promise. And when he was finally satisfied that I understood him, he paddled my ass so hard I had trouble sitting for a few days after and sent me back to bed. True to my word, I never told anybody else what I'd seen. Things were weird in town for a few days after, though. I do remember that much. Everybody was tense with one another, way more than they usually were, like something was about to happen. Nothing did, though, and after a few weeks had passed, things were back to normal. Until today, I've never told a single soul besides my dad what happened that night, and he passed away back in 2009. I don't know what would have happened to me if I'd tripped. I don't know what they were doing in that clearing, who was doing it or why. But I do know this. There was something going on in that forest, something bad, and it wasn't the work of a bogeyman.